Welcome to the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter in the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 40. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed to go out to the place which he was, to receive for an inheritance. He went out, not knowing where he went. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a land not his own, dwelling in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for the city which has the foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received power to conceive, and she bore a child when she was past age, since she counted him faithful who had promised. Therefore, as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore, were fathered by one man, and him as good as dead. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them and embraced them from afar, and having confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. If indeed they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had enough time to return. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one, Therefore, God is not ashamed of them to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, being tested, offered up Isaac. Yes, he who had gladly received the promises was offering up his one and only son, to whom it was said, Your offspring will be accounted as from Isaac, concluding that God is able to raise up even from the dead. Figuratively speaking, he also did receive him back from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a time, accounting the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, that the destroyer of the firstborn should not touch them. By faith, he passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. When the Egyptians tried to do so, they were swallowed up. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient, having received the spies in peace. 
What more shall I say? For the time would fail me if I told of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked out righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, grew mighty in war, and caused foreign armies to flee. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting their deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others were tried by mocking and scourging, yes, moreover, by bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn apart, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword. They went around in sheepskins and in goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts, mountains, caves, and the holes of the earth. These all, having had testimony given to them through their faith, didn't receive the promise, God having provided some better thing concerning us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Back to Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 11. Now these verses talk about Abraham and Sarah's faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed to go out to the place which he was to receive for an inheritance. He went out, not knowing where he went. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a land not his own, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for the city which has the foundations whose builder and maker is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received power to conceive, and she bore a child when she was past age, since she counted him faithful who had promised. Therefore, as many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, and as innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore, were fathered by one man, and him as good as dead. Now verses 8 through 11 talk about Abraham and Sarah's faith, one point I want to make about the people in this quote-unquote hall of faith of Hebrews 11 is this. We may think of these heroes of the faith as untouchables, perfect models and examples to which it's hard to relate. However, these were flawed, sinful people like the rest of us. For example, Abraham first went only halfway to the place God called him to go and only eventually obeyed completely. Abraham lied in two different situations about being married to Sarah because he selfishly feared for his own life. His actions put his wife at risk in compromising situations and really caused some unnecessary problems. Abraham and Sarah didn't have perfect faith by any means. God had promised them an heir from their own loins. Since they assumed Sarah was too old to have a child, they took matters into their own hands and initially had a child through Sarah's handmaid in Hagar. Sarah even laughed when God told Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. But we should be encouraged in the fact that even in man's weaknesses and flaws, God can find pleasure in us through faith. We are not much different than them. We are flawed people, but God can work through us, and we can exercise faith in Him just as they did. Many of these faith characters mentioned made some major mistakes and were seriously messed up in many ways. And yet the Holy Spirit, through the writer, doesn't even mention their former flaws, sins, and shortcomings. He only mentions their faith. 
Perhaps this is in line with what we read in last chapter in Hebrews 10 regarding the forgiveness we have in Christ according to the new covenant. God promises, I will remember their sins and their iniquities no more. In Christ, God sees the faith of these Old Testament characters, not their flaws. In the same way, that's how he sees us in Christ. Ephesians 2, 3-4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without defect before Him in love. All right, moving on. Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16 say, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them and embraced them from afar, and having confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. If indeed they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had enough time to return. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed of them to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Notice their perspective in verses 13 through 16. This world didn't carry much value to them. They were looking forward to the heavenly kingdom of God. They didn't even receive God's promises while in this life, but they knew those promises were coming because God had prepared a heavenly city for them. For us, we can ask, is Jesus enough? Does a relationship with Him satisfy our every need and want? Are we content in following and obeying Jesus, even at the cost of worldly gain and pleasures? knowing that we have for ourselves a better and enduring possession in the heavens and in Christ? Are we more invested in the heavenly and spiritual matters rather than earthly, worldly, and temporal matters? Verse 13 says, They were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They were seeking a better country. Hebrews 11, verses 17 and 18. By faith, Abraham, being tested, offered up Isaac, Yes, he who had gladly received the promises was offering up his one and only son, to whom it was said, Your offspring will be accounted as from Isaac, concluding that God is able to raise up, even from the dead. Figuratively speaking, he also did receive him back from the dead. God has promised that through Abraham's offspring, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And yet God was now asking Abraham to sacrifice, seemingly, the very means by which the promise was to come, his one and only son Isaac. What faith it must have taken for Abraham to offer him up at God's command. A picture, of course, for God the Father offering up his one and only son Jesus for the sins of the world. Even though Abraham had another son, Ishmael, God did not recognize him. This is because Ishmael was the result of Abraham and Sarah's fleshly attempt to fulfill God's promise. Ishmael was the son of Sarah's handmaid, Hagar, and not of Sarah's womb. It would have certainly made sense for Abraham to wonder how killing his one and only son, Isaac, would help to fulfill the promise. And yet he had the faith, the assurance and conviction to trust that if he were to offer up Isaac, God was able to raise him from the dead and fulfill the promise anyways. Now that's faith. I often have in my head a certain projected course of action and chain of events that must take place in order for an aspiration in my life to be fulfilled, right? For example, if God were to promise me something, 
how easy it could be to try and control the situation to bring about what God promised in my own way. Fortunately for us, God's thoughts are higher than ours. His ways, His plans are higher than ours. Submitting to God's plan and will for our lives may mean sacrificing at the altar of faith the very things we hold dear and the very things we may think will bring about that promise. So many more Old Testament characters are also mentioned in this chapter. Moses, Joseph, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. For sake of time, we will not cover all these. I do though want to mention what they all have in common. First of all, as mentioned before, these are all flawed, far from perfect people. But they all demonstrated at various times and in different ways great faith, which was evidenced in what God did through them. For Moses, his faith is what caused him to choose the reproaches of Christ over the treasures of Egypt. Their faith empowered them to endure difficulties and imprisonments and embrace martyrdoms. They rejected worldly pursuits for the will of God, being destitute and afflicted, having no permanent home here on earth, but wandering wherever God led, because they were convinced God had provided something better for them in the resurrection. What a reminder and challenge that should be for us, right? It's easy to find ourselves having a firm grip on the things of this world, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, but these things are passing away. 1 John 2.17 says, The world is passing away with its lusts, but he who does God's will remains forever. In John 6.40, Jesus declared, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And Jesus also said in John 6.29, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. The will and work of God is for us to believe in Jesus, and a legitimate faith, a trusting in, relying on, and clinging to Jesus will result in action that reflects such a faith. Through your faith in Jesus, how has He worked in your life to bring honor and glory to His name? season to reprove and rebuke with complete patience to boldly preach God's word and tear down the myths we shine his light to the world a lamp put on the stand for all to see when we're reviled and cursed we're sanctified
does no good Let's be kind to everyone Rightly handling the truth Correcting our opponents With gentleness and love Blessing when reviled In good conscience We are the salt of the earth But if it loses its taste How can it be restored? We'll share in suffering With Christ Jesus as His good soldier We'll rejoice in that day They align Jesus in the same way That was Hated for Christ from the Adams Road album, Book of Life.
that was transformed from the Adams Road piano album, Roman's Road. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at adamsroadministry.com. Again, that's adamsroadministry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Hebrews chapter 12. Grace and peace be with you all.